0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the inaugural broadcast of this podcast. Uh, this is the Amateur Hour podcast, featuring myself, Ryan Wozniak, and Greg Austin, otherwise known as Waz and G. Greg, G. Greg, uh, yes. So, uh, Greg, welcome, sir. How about this? We uh, we finally got this together. We've been talking about it for
1: a couple weeks now. I had to line up some schedules, but we finally on the air we're finally on the air and it's finally you can actually hear you know the other terms of the other ways of the other people aka you who are listening right now we are here to make sure that you are happy and you're entertained it's time to get down to the (laughs) nitty-gritty i love it
0: uh greg um I know one of the things that we kind of talked about with, with our bio for this, this podcast is basically going to be a, a nice hybrid. It's going to be some sports. It's going to be some entertainment, some sports entertainment, of course, you know, being the, the big wrestling fan that you are. Of course. Uh, and, and me as, uh, as, as not as, as much of a fan as I, I once was, but obviously still getting, uh, you know, some of the ideas of what's going on in, in the world of wrestling these days. Uh, so, and like I said, some entertainment, some other current events, some other fun stuff, um, whatever other topics have been kind of blowing up on social media over the last uh, few days. We'll try to do this on a weekly basis, um,
1: due to the fact that this is a pre-recorded uh, We podcast. will do this on a weekly basis. Yes, just yes,
0: Yeah. Um, but we want to, we want to let everybody know that, um, you know, since we are kind of doing this as a, as a pilot episode, um, I can't. Tell you exactly when it's going to be available on your favorite platform. Uh, hopefully, within the next couple of days, uh, we are using the Anchor app. I don't want to give them like a cheap plug or anything, but um, you know, due to the fact that that I am located in Chicago and Greg is located in South Bend, Indiana, um, we can't really do this in the same room all the time. Uh, eventually, down the, the the line, it'd be great if we could if we could do this together. You know, once we're rich and famous off this podcast, but um, uh, we'll get there when we get there. I guess baby steps at this point, but um. So, you know, we'll be able to be on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms, whether it be, you know, Spotify or Apple Music or, or, um, you know, all the other, I uh, tune in some of the other iHeartRadio, I think maybe has one now as well. So, hopefully, we'll be on those platforms over the next, uh, few weeks. And then you can listen, uh, wherever you'd like. Um, also, we are going to be on Twitter. Uh, so we would love for you guys to follow us. Um, you know, we already have our account set up. Um, it, it's the, at the ah pod and then also um we'll be asking you guys some questions you can uh, leave us some feedback here on the app we can take some voice messages we can add you guys to the uh, the podcast if you have any questions or comments or feedback uh but if you want to join the conversation on twitter uh hashtag amhr chat will be the handle on that Uh, we also
1: accept hop slam is that what you're sipping on today Yes, sir. It's the yeah. beer of the month and the beer of the season.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually sticking with liquor today. So um, got myself a Moscow mule, but uh, I, I don't like to refer to it uh, being from Moscow. So I just call it uh, my mule. Um, and uh, And one thing that I think that me and Greg both agreed on for the most part is uh we'll try to to leave all the uh the politics out of this cuz I know people are are very uh edgy when it comes to a lot of that stuff. We don't want to you know favor one side or the other. We want to kind of keep this lighthearted, fun, make you guys laugh, make you guys entertained um and keep you tuning in week after week.
1: We are absolutely Polish and German, so that's uh yeah. whole other story. And Irish too. Oh, Irish yeah. is in there as well. Um And this is uh something
0: that's like totally off script here, uh, Greg. Um but I, I guess maybe we'll just we'll just jump into this. This is on our, our list of things we talked about. Julia and I we actually uh for those my my wife Julia, we did a um we did the twenty three and me thing.
1: Okay, that's cute.
0: Yeah. Well I mean the thing is like, you know, <laughs> I, I just wanted to do it for fun. You know, I, I, I know about like most of my heritage and whatnot. And, um, you know, she uh, due to the fact that like, you know, unfortunately, just the, the circumstances, her, her dad really wasn't much, uh, you know, part of her life growing up. So she really wasn't sure on her heritage on her dad's side. So, you know, she really okay. wanted to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that you talked about that. So I, you know, my results, they, they came back a couple weeks back. And um, I I did find out that, you know, as I was expecting that I was majority Polish, you know, like 40, like almost 42%. Uh, But I, growing up, I always thought that I was, you know, my mom's side, it was all, you know, Irish and and English and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's, that's the, and a little bit of German, maybe some other, other European countries thrown in there. And I got my results back and I found out that I'm actually more German than I am uh, Irish, which threw me off a little bit. So
1: Well, that threw me off, too, as well, with my red hair. Um, yeah. But the reason I knew you were more Polish than anything was the fact that, sheerly the fact that um, you've always had a light switch outside of your bathroom. So that's clearly <laughs> a Polish <laughs> indication. Um, that's not something that, you know, normal people have. I'm doing the quotations if you didn't know. Yeah. But he, he uh, you know you'd walk into the bathroom and you'd be in pure darkness and you just wonder, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, the problem was is that <laughs> ah, they were always Polish and that, that didn't work out too well. Um, you're like, okay, I guess I'll just pee in the dark. But, you know what? That light switch was right there in point blank outside of the baño. If you're not familiar with Banyo, it's also Espanol for the bathroom so <laughs> yeah. you need to uh get acquainted with the polish lifestyle where you turn the light before you go in which is actually kind of genius because you think about it you don't want to walk into a room that's dark and not know what's going on you turn on the light before you go in so um whoever invented that was post electricity and was a damn genius so uh you know Props to Polish people for that shit. So continue on. <laughs> you, you know what? I had this this weird um, <clears throat> like
0: moment just a second ago where you you in your conversation you reminded me of of
1: Bill Walton,
0: which is fine. It's a good compliment, but I I feel like you know our dynamic that we have on this podcast is actually going to be pretty brilliant. So.
1: Well, it's uh, it's good because Bill Waltman, as long as he doesn't look like a potato, I am, <laughs> I'm all in for this <laughs> conversation. I don't plan like, on looking like a potato for the rest of my life. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill Waltman is hopefully not a potato. And, and it's, so, it's Bill Walton. Walton, Walton, Walton. Yes. Um, UCLA. Uh Yeah.
0: Let's just go ahead and start with like one of the things that everybody is still talking about, the uh, NFL. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, Greg is a diehard pa- uh, Packers fan. I'm a diehard uh, Colts fan. So obviously both of us really don't have a dog in the hunt at this point, even up through Championship Sunday. Um, but let, let's talk about the fact that, you know, the majority of America is not pleased at uh, what the, the Super Bowl is lining up here. Uh, coming up on February third between the New England Patriots and the and the uh, L A Rams. Um, so you know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick looking to pick up their sixth uh, you know Super Bowl. And um, there was a little bit of controversy on both uh, on both games. Obviously,
1: um, with Tom more Brady. so the Saints. Game. Yeah,
0: yeah. So so you know, well, I'm sure everybody's already aware of the situation. So you know basically comes down to the saints got kind of screwed out at the end of the game there. Um, when, uh, you know, the Rams corner cornerback, uh, nickel Roby Coleman, um, was, uh, was basically not called for a blatant pass interference slash helmet to helmet slash. I mean, there was like three different calls that were involved in this that weren't called on the field. um, where he basically took out uh, Saints wide receiver, Tommy Lee Lewis, just right there on the, on the field. Um, if, if that would have been called as a, any version of that penalty, uh, the Saints would have been, uh, you know, uh, put back up, you know, first and goal um, would have definitely changed the, uh, the outcome of the game at, at, you know, more than, more than likely the Saints probably would have won this game. Um, so, you know, with, with that game, Uh, obviously everybody was irate afterwards. Twitter was on fire. Um, It didn't matter who you were a fan of. Obviously, uh, Saints fans, uh, this is now back-to-back years where it's just ultimate heartbreak between, you know, last year with the Miracle in Minnesota, and then this, uh, you know, non-call basically costing them a trip to the Super Bowl. Sean Payton, obviously irate, calls the league office after the game, says, you guys messed up. The league finally admitted that they did mess up. Um, it's interesting to see the videos of uh, the ref who was right there, who, who literally said to the other um, uh, official, "Like, no, like, we're not calling this." So it was kind of weird. There was rumors going around that that this referee uh, was either from LA or was a Rams fan or something like that. I don't, you know, I don't buy all that. Like, you know, it was obviously bad refereeing just in general. Roby Coleman was fined. Um, just under twenty-seven thousand dollars by the league for the helmet-to-helmet hit that was a no-call. So that was interesting to me. But it looks like uh, you know next season that some of these these uh, role changes are going to come into effect. Uh, Sean Payton is on the the, um, the I think the competition committee. So I think things will probably get
1: changed with that. Um, and then on you've the flip side, three, you've got three penalties, Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. You've got three different penalties and they're all three. You can throw a flag and you can go helmet to helmet, quote unquote. And you can also even go as far as some referees would go as targeting. So you've got three different calls. And one of the biggest problems with that was the, um, Receiver getting right up and saying, "Hey, I'm cool, I'm tough, and everything was great." So we've got a problem there because he 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 toughed it up, and and you know props for him. But if he would have sold that like LeBron James, what would have happened then? Would we have right. gotten a flag? Would we have gotten a flag? Not we, but the Saints Nation would they have gotten a flag?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just – it's one of those things where, unfortunately, it comes down to the fact that, you know, uh, that it happened. And I think the biggest problem that I have with it, which a lot of people have said it as well, is the fact that something like that is not reviewable. You know, I was i was listening to some other podcasts and some other, you know, takes on some sports shows and stuff. and And there's a really big consensus that, you know – the NFL should adopt this kind of not rule or policy or, or I guess more, more like procedure where, uh, you know, uh, soccer does this where they have, you know, all the referees, you know, have all their headsets just like the NFL does, but everybody, you know, they, everything is reviewed. All the penalties are reviewed. So, so like, you know, whether it be, you know, you got an official that's, they're on on premise at the stadium, or you've got, you know, the, the officials that are at the headquarters and wherever the NFL headquarters, New York maybe, whatever it is, um, where where they can say, hey, you know, we saw the video evidence and you need to, you know, call the penalty, or maybe vice versa, where maybe they they threw a flag and it should be, you know, they just pick up the flag. So I think that's something that definitely it should be looked at for next season. I can't believe that's already not been in play. Cause I mean, a lot of that, like in a situation like this, I mean, especially if, if it's in the last couple minutes, right now, if if I'm mistaken, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think this happened before the two minute warning. So a lot of people were also saying that anything within two minutes should be reviewed. But if that's the case, obviously this was outside the two minute window, but regardless, like, in a situation like this, like, this costs somebody, like, this costs these players a lot of money. And I'm not and I'm not saying this because a lot of these guys are obviously making a pretty decent amount of money. But, like, you know, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago where, uh, you know, Sean Payton actually showed up to the fa- the Saints facility with, like, the trophy and, like, a big case of money. And, like, he was basically showing their players, like, hey, like, you know, if you guys, you know, win the Super Bowl, like, you get, like, a $200,000 bonus. And so some of these guys who – or on a rookie contract or maybe on the, like the practice squad or, or, uh, you know, they don't play like that's, that's a big chunk of change. And so like to, to have that where, you know, a, a little call like that is going to cost a team a trip to the
1: championship. Like that's, that's crazy. That's com- It's completely unfair. I mean, it was, I mean, there was still time left on the clock. So really who knows what was going to happen, but it was outside the two minute warning and I'll tell you this right now, though, it would have been hard for Jared Goff, the way he was playing, rattled, to get back and actually come back and take the game from the Saints. Now, I'm not saying that the game should be replayed like the fans have sued and everything like that. I'm just saying yeah. this right now. The the, the officiating was blatant, unbelievable, and it was not fair. I mean, really, I mean, you think about it. If 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 you have three red flag challenge flags in your pocket, you cannot use them in inside the two-minute warning, everything's reviewable. You should be able to throw in my opinion, you should be able to throw a challenge flag for not throwing oh yellow flag, in my opinion. I, I feel like that is part of uh, the game. And I feel like if you if you if you're willing to waste that to challenge a challenge it's something that would be greatly, greatly beneficial to the sport, especially when we have referees constantly screwing up. And and it doesn't matter who you're a fan of and what your, you know, take on is it, but I think you should be able to throw a flag for not throwing a flag. If that makes any sense to you, Ryan.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, and let's be honest, like, you know the, the the NFC game was the early game of the day so uh-huh. you know at that point we thought man can't get much worse right no the the refereeing like the the officiating was was horrendous for both games like it was atrocious i it was you know, atrocious and i i'm you know okay so i'm Please. 37 i've watched 20 what probably and that i can remember you know watching games when i was maybe like you know between 7 and 9 whatever but like I would say – so a big chunk. So say I would say maybe out of the last 25 years that I've been watching, whether it be NFL, uh, NCAA football, whatever, that is some of the worst officiating I've ever said. And I even said that to my wife. We were watching the game, and I said that was the worst non-call I have ever seen. And I've seen a lot of football games, whether it be in person or on TV or whatever. And, like, that was unbelievable. Like you you said, not really – you know, I'm not – I didn't have a direct, you know, fanhood on that game. I, you know, if I was to cheer for a team from the NFC, it would be the Saints just because the fact that, you know, I, I went to Purdue and I'm a big Drew Brees fan. So, you know, outside the Colts. Yeah, who that, doesn't
1: like Drew Brees? Right.
0: Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, he's one of the greatest, you know, athletes out there, not only on the field, but as a person. But so, like, you know, obviously, like, you know, my heart is, is with them. And like, did I care if the Rams won? Well, no, like if they won fair and square, which technically they didn't, um, you know, then I, I honestly wouldn't care. Like basically, you know, out of the last four teams remaining, I just didn't want to see the Patriots fan uh, in there just because of the fact that I am a Colts fan and I just despise everything about that organization. But, you know, that's, I guess, once again, just my opinion, but, you know, let's go ahead and shift now to that AFC game. So now with, um the uh you know the the Patriots playing the Chiefs and you know going into the game the Patriots are the underdog which is still mind-blowing right just because the fact that
1: makes no sense which makes Makes no sense but
0: it's understandable because just because
1: they play bad at the beginning of the season makes no sense they always play rough at the beginning of the season and they and they shock the and they don't shock the world but they sort of uh they get their groove back. Stella got her groove back, dog. <laughs> and it's fucking, it's fucking Tom Brady's show. And it's fucking Gronk intermittent when he's not hurt. Oh, no. Here comes Gronk. Here comes a running back. Oh, no. We've got four or five running backs that are just fucking pulling it out. And we've got now, you know, Belichick for the past few years pulling anybody in and out of that game. And, and making them a star, and you know what? And it throws off offenses, defenses off, because you know what happens? Is he makes them a star. Bill Belichick is a fantastic coach. I don't care for the Patriots. I'm sick of it, but you know what? Damn well, he could pull any scrub off the street and pull them into a game and put them into that game, and as long as he teaches them right, either he'll kick them out or he'll put them in and say, hey, you know what? Guess what? They're not ready for this. And they're never ready for this. And they're never ready for that new that new play, that new player, that player that's just, you know, you're not covering. And then there's Gronk, and then now there's Edelman. And we don't – and Patriots don't need Josh Gordon to do good. I mean, they, they, they had Josh Gordon, their star receiver. They would have been more dominant than they would have already been because everyone who would have been covering Josh Gordon and, and all these other no-names would have gotten it. But now we've got a Patriots game where they're running different plays, dump-off passes, screen passes. It's And James White, fits perfect in that combination. And we, we look past the cheating. We look past all of that. The Patriots are a phenomenal team, and it's due... Primarily to Bill Belichick. And I'm not going to give Tom Brady all the credit he deserves. I'm going to give Bill Belichick and that entire staff for making a phenomenal just idea of just everyone. It's it's in, in the Patriots offense. In the Patriots defense, it's all a wee thing. And it's be, been beyond a wee thing. As a Packers fan, it's so much an eye and a couple other people's things, but now we've got a wee thing, and we've had that for over a decade with the Patriots, and it's absolutely annoying, I understand. <laughs> it's disgusting with the cheating because there's no reason for cheating when you're that good, but damn it, they do it, and they figure it out midseason where many other teams don't figure it out. Many other teams do not figure this out. The Patriots do, and I'll tell you this right now: the Patriots versus a young Rams team is is going to win the Super Bowl. And I'm and I making a bold predicament right now: they're going to win the Super Bowl for a sixth time. But I'll let you take over, Ryan. Go I
0: on. well, and I and I agree with a lot of that you had to say there. Um... It's just, you know, once again, it's just the whole thing. You know, Tom Brady, the Patriots, they come into the championship game. You know, they steamroll um, the the Chargers. And, you know, they show up to play the Chiefs. And everybody said, oh, the Chiefs have a chance. Which, you know, and, and they did. And, like, it was a really, really good game. But once again, it came down to officiating where there was the phantom face mask call against – the the, the, uh, Kansas city lineman who went to go grab, you know, Tom Brady. And, and like, you can clear as day, see it on replay. It did not touch the mask. You know, there was also the play with Edelman where it was the, the return where it bounced and then did it touch his thumbs, did it touch his arm? I mean, you know, once again, this is just our opinion and, and, you know, neither one of us, have professional football experience, but you know I'm just gonna say that it looked to me it looked like it touched us at least one of his thumbs. You know, each angle looked like it, it touched a different hand. You know, a lot of people are saying that it touched his forearm, um, but you know if we're talking, it was bench, tough, right? Right? If it, it was, if was tough it, to it, even
1: it, overturn it, that or or you know even call that, but it was it was a very tough. Situation with them, and with the Patriots' background, you cannot—you cannot just throw that away. You can't throw that away because we've got a lot of officiating on the Patriots' side,
0: right? And then, and then also, like, so not only did we have that call, but then we had the offsides call against D. Ford. Um, you know this. This came down with like 54 seconds left in the game. The Chiefs are already up 28-24. You know he lines up like six inches off sides, and like I mean, obviously that's that's just brutal. And I feel really really bad for him. I mean, like, but I mean, at, at that type of situation, like, come on, man, like you gotta leave, you gotta be as far back behind that line as you could possibly be at this point. Like, don't even risk it. It sucks because of the fact that on that play. You know, Brady throws the interception and like the Chiefs basically could have kneeled it out and won the game. But um, but unfortunately, the offsides call Rex Burkhead, um, you know, scored the game winner in overtime. Patriots win. They move on to the Super Bowl. So un- unfortunately, like I said, once again, it was a situation where it was just one of those things where it like and it happens with the Patriots all the time. And this is maybe, like I said, me being sour about it just because the fact that I am a Colts fan, but along with the majority of America, who is sick of this dynasty and cannot wait till it ends. There's always something right <clears there, <clears <throat> there, there. There's, there's always, always something. something. It was, it was the tuck rule. It was the kick in the snow. It was, it was spy gate. It was DeflateGate. gate. It was this, it was that everything that happens happens to the Patriots where it's like the, the most luckiest crap happens to them and they move on. So, And they've already been talking about. I don't. I haven't seen what the what the line is for the uh, the Super Bowl at this point. But I know for a fact that originally they were talking about the Patriots were going to be an underdog for the Super Bowl against the Rams. So if that's the case, if you're a betting person, put all your money on the Patriots winning. Because and I agree with with Greg in the situation. Honestly, I mean the Rams are a really good team. You got Goff, you got Gurley. Now you got C.J. Anderson also as a factor in the backfield. You know, and, and you got you know Cooks. And all like so, like you got a you got a really good team, but like the the problem is, you just can't bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, which is nauseating. The fact that you know they were talking about this stat before, where he now has more appearances in the Super Bowl than every other team outside of the Patriots at this point, which is just nauseating. And like it's, he, it's you know, it's sick, it's and, sick and, and I hate saying this, but like. Obviously, like, will I? There's, there's a difference between liking and respecting. Do I like him? No, I don't. Do I like the Patriots? No, I don't. Do I respect him The fact that, yeah, he's going to go down as the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, it is what it is. Like, it's like I don't, I'm not going to dispute that. I know I'll probably have um, some Patriots fans, or even some, you know, University of Michigan fans, uh, you know, leaving us some messages. Uh, Absolutely. But the thing is, like, it is what it is. Guys, I mean, let's be honest. When we when we go back and think about it, back in 2000, he's drafted a, in the sixth round as pick 199. Does anybody think that he's going to pan out? Absolutely not. Nobody did. It just happened to be, you know, he came in at the, the right time, the right situation. And and I agree with you that that Belichick is the one, the mastermind behind this. Is he going to go down as the greatest football coach in the NFL history? Of course he is. Like that, I'm not going yep. debate either. Like – where yeah. where's where's my hatred? Do I have more hatred for, for Bill or do I have it for Tom? Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. It's more for Tom. Like I, I and I but I do have respect across the board. It's unfortunate, but I know that you know the winds of change are gonna be coming soon. So this is another another point that I was gonna bring out with with you, Greg. So a lot of talk, you know, Tom Brady's been talking about the last couple of weeks that he still has three four more years in him, which is un- unbelievable. But, I mean, um, you know, if if that's the case, like, you know, he could easily win a couple more Super Bowls based on their team. But here's the thing is there's been grumblings that that Gronk is going to retire at the end of the season. And so I guess my question to you is if I'm Tom Brady and I know that my top tight end, one of my top options on the team is on the verge of retiring, Patriots win the Super Bowl. I know I said I'm going to at least play for three and maybe even four or more years. Do I, you know, do I go ahead and I, I walk away if I win? Because if you think about it, this means that his career goes completely full circle because his first Super Bowl was against the Rams and they beat the Rams. So, okay, you beat the Rams again this last time. Do you walk away or do you keep playing?
1: Well, my thought is on that, comes down to uh Gronk says he may retire but the thing is is Gronk and Edelman both said they will not catch any balls uh um, (laughs) from any other quarterback than Tom Brady so that leaves me to say where do we go from here okay so Brady as healthy as he is, because Brady's, first of all, uh, become a vegan. I don't know if anybody knows that out there. Brady is a vegan. He I just know that he wears furry healthy.
0: boots. He has that
1: contract he with wears, thugs. Yeah, well, he is a thug for sure. <laughs> um, he gets he, – he does everything healthy. You know what? Props for him for being healthy. Props for him for wanting to continue – being the greatest quarterback ever. But the thing is is you know, rings make a statement, but what happens is is if you say, okay, Gronkowski's going to retire. Edelman says I won't catch any balls either. Neither one of them do. Okay. Does Brady become Brett Favre and play till he's too stubborn and suck? Or does Brady or does Brady leave on a high horse? While he sucks, like Peyton Manning, can he, can he get to the point where there's a defense that's so good, like the Broncos were just a few years ago, and he was benched? Would he hang out with plantar fasciitis? Plantar fasciitis, excuse me, let me redo re- that. Um, would he hang out and do that, or tendonitis like Brett Favre? Would he do that? The, that's the question. I think Brady is stubborn enough to do this, um, but I don't think that he is at this point bad enough to give up. Well, uh, it, 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 go, it, go ahead, Ryan.
0: And I and I and I agree with you because I think that he's still he's got you know they always talk about it, it's the itch, right? Brett Favre had the yeah. itch, like he he could have walked away. Yeah. They drafted Aaron Rodgers. He could have walked away, and but he still had the itch. He had to keep playing. You, you know, play for the Jets, play for the Lackeys, Had to keep playing. But you know, just looking at stats wise, like you know, with with Brady, so this season he had you know his um, it's it was the um, second fewest amount of touchdowns that he's thrown in the last like um, like four or five years. And then it's also the fact that he ended up throwing 29, 11 interceptions. So for Brady, that's a pretty decent amount. Like the last time that he threw that many interceptions the season was in the 2013 season. So like, right. you know, that to me, like his interception percentage is like 1.9%, which is the most that he's had since the 2011 season. So like, obviously, you know, you're getting up there in age. You know he he's forty one, so like you know to play until you're forty four, 44, 45, You know there's a difference between being a quarterback playing to that age or being a punter or a kicker or something like that. Like you know you're constantly your your body's taking a toll. Now you know he's got that that trainer quote-unquote, trainer that's been following him around on the sidelines, does all this stuff. So I'm assuming that, you know, the golden boy doesn't get tested for any PEDs or anything like that. Not to say that he he does that kind of stuff, but the fact that you're 19 years into your career and you're still putting up pretty decent numbers um, seems semi-suspicious, but, I mean, it is what it is. That's fine. But, um, but yeah, so I, I personally think if I was him, just, you know, go out – you know, Elway style, Peyton Manning style, just, you know, you got your sixth ring, you know, you can retire, Gronk can retire, you know, Bill, if he wants to retire, everybody can just kind of wrap things up. Because here's the thing that I think about is this Patriots team, you know, and this is something that was discussed on other podcasts and, and other outlets. Um, you know, if if Gronk retires and, you know, Brady retires, they got that kid that's, at Clemson right now, I, my his name is 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 uh, is not coming to me at this time, um, but he's only a freshman. Has to play in college for two more seasons, and they were saying that like, could you imagine if the Patriots, you know, have Tom Brady retires or get in, gets injured or whatever, and they play like crap next season? And then for the next year, for the draft, they were able to draft early in the draft and pick up this kid, who is literally like being compared to the LeBron James of, of football. Like it's the next, you know, second coming. Are you, talking, coming about, are you of, talking about Graham? No, the kid from Clemson. I can't remember his name. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. That's Trevor name. Lawrence is his name.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: So, so they're saying like he's like the next big thing. Like if he if he could go to the NFL now, that he'd be ready. So they were they were saying like. You know, as much as we would all love this this Patriots dynasty to just die off, like if if what if they had a really bad season and then they picked up Trevor Lawrence and then they were they had their quarterback for the next twenty years again, right? And then the other thing too, which almost seems unfair at this point, a lot of people were talking about what happens in this tight end situation and how the fact that all these people literally just kind of go to New England, right? Whether it be like you said, like a Josh Gordon or some of these other players that were on other teams, whether it be, um, you know, now if I just think as a Colts fan, like, you know, you got Philip Dorsett and Dwayne Allen that go over there and play for the Patriots. But like, what if this happened where the fact, and I don't know how many years left he has on his contract, but like, what if like Travis Kelsey goes to the Patriots? Like it's just game over. Like, this just continually goes and goes. It's a, it's goes a recycling
1: process. It's, it's, yeah. With with that, it's a recycling process. But what happens if Brady, here's my question, if Brady and Belichick are not there anymore? That's the big question. That's the big question. Will Belichick be there? I know Robert Kraft has a say in stuff, but here, here comes down to Belichick has been doing this before Robert Kraft. Everything could fall apart. But not right away. It, it won't end. What what I'm saying is, is you're gonna get, um, a backlash. Even if we lose, we lose. Like I'm a Patriots fan. Excuse me. <laughs> we lose. Even if they lose, a, a Belichick, a Brady, a Gronk, and possibly, a Edelman. You get those four lost at the most. There's still not going to be, as long as you have a backup plan ready, like uh, like the Clemson quarterback. If you have that shit ready, what are you going to do? And with everything else they have into play, their so their whole style, if you can bring somebody into that style, they're always going to be a contender. But then at that point, they will fall apart, in my opinion. They will fall apart if the quote-unquote savior who they think would would be to come in. Because the biggest mistake was getting rid of Garoppolo because Garoppolo, in my opinion, was the next Aaron Rodgers. And sitting back behind Brady and watching that in that system, they were unstoppable. They could bring in their own new set of rookies. They could bring in their own new set of everything, but they got rid of Garoppolo. And Garoppolo was their key to, you know, predecessing Tom Brady. And I, I don't know if you say that, but we're still talking about the Patriots, which makes me sick. But I think that was their biggest loss. Yeah, m- maybe now we found out he's injury-prone. Maybe that's something we didn't know about. But knowing that, I think that that's kind of a big deal. Well, that's that's a huge because the <laughs> fact that, you know, and, and
0: Brissette was a decent backup, you know, for, for the Patriots went over to the Colts, played while Andrew Luck was gone, you know injured and, and like with Jimmy G now in San Francisco, like with him coming back, that that 49ers team is going to be scary next year. like they would can you imagine that? I mean you got literally like it's that same type of connection between like Brady and, and Gronk you've got now with Jimmy G and, and, and George Kittle. It's going to be crazy. and McKinnon is back. yeah, it's true. 49ers are, are, are on the up and up for sure.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the 49ers are going to be a huge team. And I think the uh, Seahawks finally miss the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think that they're going to be in the bottom of the division. And I don't think they're going to play bad. That's the thing. I think that the the, the Seahawks are going well. But – but they're not gonna play well enough to win that division or even come to the wild card. So
0: Yeah. So let's let's move on to the Super Bowl. So as uh as we mentioned, Rams, Patriots, put all your money on New England. My heart my heart wants Rams to win, but my brain's telling me the Patriots are gonna win.
1: Are you okay there? Oh yeah, just uh, getting over a cough
0: oh that's the worst um so let's you know let's let's keep it uh you know light let's uh let's chat halftime ships greg so super bowl halftime this year as everybody's aware is uh is, is going to be maroon five uh featuring travis scott and then uh big boy from uh outcast fame yeah um, so I'm—I don't know about you. I'm excited about Maroon Five. I haven't had a chance to see them concert. Big fan. Travis Scott couldn't care less. Uh, big Boy though, Big Outcast fan as well. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, there's uh, maybe a little Outcast reunion. Andre 3000 shows up. I know that um, that Big Boy does have a song with um, um, Adam Levine on the track, so I'm sure they'll perform that as well. Maybe it will be some other special guests um one thing that i kind of want to throw out as and this is goes into audience participation um but uh you know off the top of your head if if you can think of what are um what's, to you what are what are some of the the greatest like halftime performances that we've had like what what stands out to you as a recent either could be recent memory could be over the last couple of decades what a, is there anyone that like stands out to you where you were a really big fan of and you were
1: excited to see? Not really, no. That's a big old no. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. The halftime show has been uh, not my uh, not my favorite. It's always been a a break for me. Yeah, uh, casual fans. Every time I have a Super Bowl party or anything like that. It's always been the casual fans' uh, most exciting point of the night. So, um, I, what what have I liked recently? Um, I thought Bruce Springsteen was very nice. Uh, that was that was a very good halftime show, and uh, um, of course, the most memorable would be uh, you know Justin Timberlake uh, letting out a titty. <laughs> And and that's a, in, in my knowledge of halftime shows, is uh, very, very low because I don't watch a lot of them. So, um, that's not the, not, not my favorite part of the Super Bowl, trust me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I personally, have, uh, <laughs> I, I like the, uh, um, you know, Justin Triple Lake's last year was good. I, um, had a considerable amount of of beer to drink, uh, so it's kind of fuzzy to me. Um, but that was pretty good. Not gonna like Coldplay was pretty good when they were you know, performed a couple of years ago. Um, oh yes, yes, it, yes!
1: I forgot about Coldplay. That's uh, yeah,
0: yeah. They performed. Um, what was it? They had they had a they had a couple special guests. That was um, Super Bowl Fifty. They had you know Bruno Mars and Beyonce and some other people showed up. It was
1: a pretty good. Did they perform Vixie? Was that the
0: song? Um, yeah they they did that was they they did a, a combination on the set list. It was the last song, uh, "Fix You" and "Up and Up." It was a compilation okay. between Coldplay and Beyonce and Bruno Mars all together, kind of
1: like you know, hey, giant finale type. Okay, thing. okay, okay. So I take that back. Uh, the Coldplay number one in my Super Bowl halftime shows. Nice.
0: Look. I personally. Uh, like I said, big fan of Bruno Mars. who saw him in concert uh, a couple of years ago here in Chicago. It was an amazing show. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, excited from Rune 5. Um, but I'll tell you what, what really stands out to me, and, and this is once again just because the fact that the Colts were in the Super Bowl, um, you know, was the, um, the Prince show. Like, that was amazing to me. Like, you know, I, I never really was a huge Prince fan growing up. Like, obviously, some of the, the, the best songs, uh, you know, he performed. But uh, the fact that he was doing Purple Rain in the rain, you know, and it re- rarely rains at the Super Bowl, but they did that year in Miami. And, you know, like, the fear of being electrocuted, he's out there playing his guitar. Like, I mean, that's just a, like an iconic moment. Obviously, you know, as you said before, Um, you know, when we had, um, you know, Justin Timberlake, uh, back in the day, like with the Janet Jackson, that if you think about it, this was back in like Oh, four, This is at the time where, um, you know, a lot of those artists were still super popular. So, like, you had Justin Timberlake, you had Janet Jackson, you had Kid Rock, and like P. Diddy, and Nelly. This is all in the same like halftime show. Oof, that was that was crazy. So, like, you know, but you know, back then, like, that was. That was, you know, the, the the height of their um, their uh, their their fame. But the other one that kind of sticks to my mind too is there was two different ones. There was um, back in uh, two thousand one, so Super Bowl thirty five and then thirty six as well. Thirty five, uh, that was also back in the in the in the prime of of the In and and the Britney Spears and it was it was Aerosmith, In Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, Nelly. Which is crazy. Like, we came back, like, that was a really good combination of people. Uh, the fact that, like, you know, and I, I grew up as a, as a big Aerosmith fan, so that was kind of cool for me. And then Super Bowl 36, of course, this was the Super Bowl that was after 9 11, and it ended up being U2, and they did like the the, the tribute to the 9 11 attacks, and they did like their thing. And to me, like, that was one of the, the best ones that they had as well. Let, let's leave that up to the, the to the fans as well. So, um, if you guys want to join us on the conversation, uh, what was your favorite halftime show? We'll read some of your responses uh, on next week's show, and then also you can leave us a, a message, uh, and and uh, we'll put some of your best responses on the pod for next week. But as I said before, to join in the conversation, all you got to do is jump on Twitter and hit us at the A H Pod on Twitter. Oh, and then make sure you uh use the hashtag AMHR chat. Bears. Um, they signed kicker Redford Jones today. Um oh. to take on Cody Parkey, which oh man, Cody Parkey is not a liked man in, in my city right now. I'm not gonna lie. We all know the story, we know what happened, the double doink, all that kind of stuff. You know, he they worked out five other kickers uh outside of Jones. It was a uh, former Jets kicker, Nick Folk. They worked out Josh Gable, Ernesto Lacayo, Austin McGuinness, and Blair Walsh as well. But it looks like they're going to go ahead and sign Bedford Jones uh, to compete with Cody Parkey. Um, leaving me to wonder, you know, in the grand scheme of things, maybe they just should have paid Robbie Gold the money and then they would have not been in this situation.
1: Absolutely. Robbie Gold has continually made the field goals. Um, a year after a year after his tenure with the Bears. Nobody wants to pay a kicker because they're all fucking self-hearted bitches. But the problem is, (laughs) is when you have a kicker that's that damn good, and you know what? I don't care because I'm not a Bears fan. You screw up. You messed up. That's why the Packers, one of the many – few, possibly many things that they did right was keep Mason Crosby even after his horrible outing. You don't give up on a player based on one or two games. You give up on him after a whole season. And that's the problem with the Bears. That's what happened. And that's why we still have Mason Crosby, the highest scoring player in Green Bay Packers history. That is a Packers fact uh hashtag packers fact if you have any problems with that follow me at hashtag follow me <laughs> um
0: but speaking of franchise scoring leaders um we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up our nfl talk with this uh so the goat adam venaterial announced today that he is uh, agreed to terms on a new contract to return to the Colts next season. Uh, he, yes, uh the NFL's all-time leading scorer with 2598 points will return for his 24th season at the age of 46. What is he
1: like 48? I He's literally 46. just said he was 46. Yeah, okay. I was going to say so, 48, but there so we uh, go. Uh,
0: Right. And unfortunately, you know, he missed the shortest field goal of his career and an extra points uh, during the uh, game against the chiefs in the playoffs. Um, but prior to um, those misses, he had been 194 for 200 in his career on field goals between 20 and 29 yards. And he was 97 for 97 on field goal tries from 23 yards and shorter, which is crazy. And this season, father time apparently says, no, you go ahead and you keep playing at your best man because he was 23 of 27 on field goals with a season long of 54 and then he also made 44 of 47 extra points which is crazy And in your 23rd season. There's players on this team that weren't even born when he started his NFL career.
1: Wow. And that's a big old bad (laughs) <laughs> oh, man.
0: So that's, like I said, so kudos to him. I'm excited as a Colts fan to have him back. Father time ain't got nothing on him. Obviously, he started his career in New England. Um, it, you know, started that whole dynasty. It is what it is. I don't hold any grudges against him, but I'm glad that he's playing for the good guys now instead. Over on ESPN, the Stephen A. Smiths and the Max Kellermans of the First Take World, We're talking trash about Derek Carr. Now the Raiders quarterback decided to take his grievances on the two of them onto Twitter and sent out a request to Dana White asking if the UFC could set up a fight between Derek
1: Carr and Stephen A. Smith. What are your thoughts on that? Now that was uh he said that and uh what's the other guy's name Maxwell Max Kellerman Max Kellerman yeah so he said that to them and Stephen A. Smith basically Derek Carr was ready for a handicap match against both of those guys (laughs) which is fucking absurd um not that Derek Carr couldn't kick both of their asses The, the whole idea was Stephen A. Smith uh, countered back with, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you bring your bitchy ass on the show, and we can sell this? Because you had a shitty season. I'm stating facts, and that's the way it goes. The problem with Stephen A. Smith, though, is he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Whether it's, I'm race. not a big fan. You're not a big fan. And, you know, and there's not a lot of big fans. You know, he he has he has his fan base. He tells it like it is." But at the same time, he comes a ca- across kind of racist. And, and, and I'm just going to throw that out there, but not always 100% does he come across kind of racist. He also comes across as very controversial. So he will bash you. He will destroy your ego. He, or he will try. And that's what he does. So after the bashing, after Derek Carr had a season – no one knows what's going on with the Raiders, first of all. No one had a They don't even know where they're going to play next season. They don't know where they're going to play next season. Right. But the problem is, is John Gruden comes in, our favorite sports announcer that comes in, and they give him this giant contract to fucking save the Raiders. So you got Derek Carr a potential, a potential, don't even hold me to this fucking statement because I'm not even being accurate, a potential Hall of Fame quarterback that could have been a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then you bring in the Packers' best whiteout, Jordy Nelson, but then you start to just piss away shit. You're like, I don't need Khalil Mack. I don't need Amari Cooper. You know what? Let's just lose some fucking games. Guess what happens? Now, I'm not saying Derek Carr is not at fault for this, but Derek Carr certainly lost a little bit of drive, lost a little bit in him going into that, because you're like, you know what? You just gave away my best receiver. You brought in this guy that only Aaron Rodgers knows, and then you lose my best defensive uh, player. So, what the fuck do you think? We're just pissing away players, and all of a sudden, the tone of the game has gone down. Now, the, the cadence of the game, the the speed of the game has gone down. Now you're getting game six to 34. What the fuck is that? Three to 28. What the fuck is that? Derek Carr gets adequated to the new system. He starts to understand Jordy Nelson. He starts to understand his other receivers, and he gets a little bit better. So they end up with a really shitty record at four and twelve. I understand that, but the the biggest problem here is, is what is John Gruden doing? My God, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> do you remember? Do
0: you remember at the start of the season when they didn't sign Khalil Mack, and then it was like. He he went to the Bears for that obscene amount of money, and then they asked him. They're like, like, what are you, like, how, what are your thoughts on season? He's like, man, I'll tell you what. He's like, I really wish that there were some really good pass rushers in the in the available in the league right now.
1: <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Like, <laughs> oh, oh like, it's, it's 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 unbelievable. It's like you know the Raiders could have
0: the Raiders could have paid him the money if they didn't give John Gruden a 10 year 100 million dollar contract that's just
1: unbelievable unbelievable and here's the thing i love john gruden i miss him on monday nights but what the fuck is he doing what the flying fuck is he doing where <laughs> where is this knowledge it's like it's like the same thing as tony romo talking about Every play that's going to happen is like, damn, Tony dude, Romo. Dude, Tony Romo
0: as a. Coach, he he is. Telling you,
1: if I was an NFL team,
0: I would literally be lining up a Brinks truck and be like, come be our defensive coordinator. Because that
1: dude literally called every, every single play, play of that last drive. Every play. He's unstoppable. And if he only did that when he was with the Cowboys and ignored. Nobody... I'll tell you what. I. I love him as a commentator. I do.
0: I didn't like him as a player, but I love him. I cannot all wait thought he was to a, watch the Super Bowl and have him there as the he commentator. He is
1: a humble guy. He, we all thought he was a douche nozzle from, from the start, and, and he sucked as a player. But, my God, that man knows his football, and he deserves every bit of credit for calling games and saving us from Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. That's all I have to say. Thank God that I don't have to hear them all the time. And thank you. Uh, thank you, Tony Romo, for just helping us out a little by time. You know, we need more But by time. the way, I'm just gonna let
0: you know on this going forward for next season. Um, so the Thursday night games at least, you know, Fox has the broadcast right, so you got Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Sure. But if you watch it on Amazon, and you have do you have Amazon
1: Prime? No, no, I don't. I don't believe in Amazon. That's a whole other topic for another story. Um,
0: <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, as as a member of Amazon Prime, I'm able to watch the games online right on Thursday nights. Now they have a couple different feeds. One of them, so it's like different audio. So you have the regular broadcast. There's another feed that has. Uh, Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer right? right and then there's a third feed which I stumbled upon this past season later in the season unfortunately so I only saw like the last couple of games but it's the guys it is the NFL UK announcers
1: yeah. who
0: literally they are the ones that, um, that do all the broadcasting for the NFL like uh, London games so it's Tommy Smith, who is a, like, world-famous announcer for, like, World Cup soccer, all that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, I was able to to watch the game with their audio feed, and I'm telling you, night and day compared to listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Like, I literally I, – I think I tweeted about it later that night, how, like, it was refreshing. It was great because it was not too much, <clears throat> too much knowledge or information – and it was it was kind of lighthearted and and like I said it was it was fun because it was English accents and it was just the, just a regular game like it was like a Ravens you know whatever game and it was like just these English guys talking about it was the Fox like camera feed but it was it was the English announcers that was honestly uh, like a, a breath of fresh air it was fun so I can't wait till next year hopefully they do that again
1: <sighs> I, I I agree I would do anything to not listen to Joy Joy Buck. As I call him, and um, boy, Aikman, I am not, I'm not interested in that. And uh, for some reason, every year Joe Buck is consistently a Packers and a Cubs hater, but that's a story for a different time. He <laughs> hates both teams, which happens to be, you know, both of my teams. But that's okay. Um, Joe Buck lucked out. He has a very distinctive voice, so, I mean, that's that's the up and up for him. You know, when you hear his voice on the TV, you walk in the door, if there's a TV already on, you know that it's fucking Joe Buck. Um, Trey Aikman, yeah. the only way you know Trey Aikman's voice is when you walk in the door and you hear a really bad call. Like, I don't think that should have <laughs> happened. And he's like, no, Trey Aikman, I don't think you should have happened. That's... That's what actually happened. So at least Joe Buck has a little bit of like, you know, um astigmatism where he just sticks with you. He just decides yeah. that, like like you know him. Troicheman is just Troichman is like the successful version of Tony Romo that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So um <laughs> somehow somehow he won a Super Bowl and somehow tony romo didn't
0: all right so greg let's talk nba um you know it's been an interesting season um you know the there's some teams that have been up there's some teams that have been down the warriors you know now you know demarcus cousins back into the lineup like they are i watched the game last night and uh, I mean, they just—I mean, you might as well crown them the champs again. Yep. I mean, the fact that, that you literally have five all stars in your lineup, like I mean, they did like a side to side comparison, and it's just just unbelievably sick. They played uh, the 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 Wizards last night on on Thursday night, and um, like just to show that the like they had the split screen of the of the two lineups, and it's just unbelievable. So let let's talk All Star Game. Uh, it's coming up soon here. Um and they announced uh the the captains, two captains uh for the team for the East and the West. LeBron James, no surprise there now that he's in the West. Yep. And on the East we got Giannis, uh the 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 Greek freak, uh, you know, playing for the Bucks. Um, so now um I don't know if you know this now. So after last year's um uh, draft where they basically like you know pick teams you know just like like you know whatever. Um, this year they're going to televise it which is going to be really cool. Uh, it's going to be draft night is going to be on February seventh and uh, they'll be able to pick on their uh, uh, pick out their starters and then moving uh, from the ten starters to the fourteen reserves. Uh, so there's no conference affiliation so they kind of just pick teams like a pickup game which is kind of cool. I'm excited for that. Really a big fan of that. Last year it was kind of fun. Um, so this year's all-star game coming to you from Charlotte this year, uh, all-star weekend is going to be February 15th through the 17th. We'll talk about more in the all-star game later on in a couple of weeks, but I just want to kind of get your idea here on, on what do you think just on paper, of uh, the starters versus, uh, or the Western starters versus the Eastern starters. So we got on the Western, we've got LeBron, we've got Kevin Durant, Paul George, Steph Curry, and James Harden. Versus the East All Stars of Giannis, Kawhi Leonard,
1: Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, and Kemba Walker. Anytime you mix James Harden with LeBron James, you're going to get an absolute All Star cast right there, and that's what you what you want with an All Star game. So Did I do. You, you want to hear? You want to hear something stupid about James Harden? I sure do. He's played
0: in. He, he's. Before tonight's game, he's played 11 games in the month of January. Okay? Okay. He has scored 498 points. That is
1: – that is unbelievable.
0: <laughs> like, in in that span, in the month of January alone, he has averaged 45 points a game. And then if you want to like, take it down even lower – in the fast, in the past five games, he re- he's averaged fifty two points a game. Like that's unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: I mean, you you got a guy who has yet to produce the in you know the NBA Finals championship, and you've got a guy who deserves it. I mean, he is he's one of the most humble guys you've seen in the NBA, and we're waiting. I mean, I think America is waiting for James Harden to do what he needs to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, he's literally a front runner for for MVP, obviously, at this point. Like, you know, everybody's talking about Paul George as well. But I think, I mean, just based on his January stats, like, I mean, there's just no way. Like, it's, you might as well just crown him the champ.
1: You, you give it up, you, you give it to him. You said Paul George.
0: Paul George, yeah, he's also been up there this uh, this year. So I mean I mean um
1: I, 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 I don't see it. I, I see I see James Harden being the MVP and I mean I see a big push for obviously for the playoffs, but um you know, we're 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 gonna see, you know, the Golden State Warriors regardless, but it's you gotta watch out for the Rockets, man. You got to watch out. I'm a James Harden fan coming from a Chicago Bulls fan, which is also a shit show. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what are your thoughts? How, how do you feel on the Bulls situation, man? Like I, I mean, you know, they got rid of Fred earlier in the season, but like, it's still really bad, man. Really <sighs> bad.
1: There's not a lot. There's not a lot to come back from. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy. I'm the rebuild period has, uh, has come too long and we're we're at the point where, you know, why don't we all become just Milwaukee Bucks fans?
0: So majestic is no longer, um, you know, they, they're, they're, kind of uh, moving on from being the official outfitter of Major League Baseball.
1: Oh, no, uh, not Majestic.
0: Yeah. I know, right? Majestic, uh, literally, that's the only thing that they got off oh of their company, I'm pretty God. sure. Oh, my
1: God.
0: I know, right? So, anyways, it was announced. This was like
1: their product two years ago. So they announced oh so good. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right. Well, they, they announced two years ago that they were going to be leaving uh, their, the, where MLB was not renewing their contract. So, Under Armour jumped in. And said, okay, as of 2020, we'll be the official outfitter of Major League Baseball, which, if you think about it, you kind of rounds everything out because you got Nike runs the NFL. They run NBA now. Um, you've got uh, Adidas, who owns Reebok now. So Adidas uh, does the NHL. Um, so Under Armour was like, great, we'll have our own sport. Like, everything's great. Well, Under Armour did some restructuring with the company. Um, and it sounds like in their business plan – they um, decided to move on from that, so they abandoned that bid to be the base MLB's official outfitter. And it was announced today that Nike is swooping in to take over as the official um, jersey provider for
1: uh, Major League Baseball in 2020.
0: What are your thoughts on that? Thank man?
1: God, Nike also provides um, not not only the greatest shoe line in my my opinion, but also we have a great Jersey line coming very soon because do you realize the quality of jerseys when we moved from Reebok to Nike when we were in the NFL, the quality of these jerseys were absolutely uh, slim to none. You've got very high ticket units. Okay. Yeah. You may be charged $20 more for a Jersey. You I'm talking to all you out there right now that have Reebok jerseys that are thin as shit and have the little, you know, openings in them and they're worn out and they're fucking, I've got my John Kuhn and my Chris Carter jersey. Yeah. Do you remember when the NFL, they didn't even have Reebok. It was Puma. Puma. I remember Puma. And I remember starter. Oh, and and Champion. Does anybody remember that shit? Now we have Nike. Champion was the, uh, was the NBA. Yeah, 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 Yes, you remember those jerseys. Now, champions were honestly pretty nice, but we're, we're talking about Reebok versus Nike. And Reebok versus Nike, we have high-quality jerseys that don't wear out, that don't die out, and they are absolutely comfortable. They are the way a jersey should feel, And now we've got Nike making those jerseys. So all you Cubs fans, all you Sox fans, all you Astros fans, and all of you Yankees, Red Sox, and whoever else you are out there, you guys are going to get some high-quality jerseys to represent your best players, and you're going to be very happy. Um, I'm very excited about the Nike turn to the MLB because these are going to be some of the best jerseys we've had in our entire lives, whether you're 70 or whether you're 20. It's going to be fantastic, and I'm very excited.
0: On behalf of my co-host, Greg Austin, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the initial pilot episode of the amateur hour podcast uh we will have a new episode coming up later this week Where we will recap everything super bowl uh, we'll also have the latest of the drama in the nba and major league baseball offseason and we will also recap the royal rumble and maybe even throw in some other fun nuggets to listen to along the way so thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, once again, you can join us uh, with the conversation online. You can add some voice messages through the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on Twitter with the handle at the pod, or you can join us anytime with the hashtag AMHRchat. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.